All right, it's good to see everybody at church this morning. And again, I, I just, it's good to be back home. It's good to get a rest. And it's necessary, as I said, to get away. And, you know, we, Gwen and I were thinking, when was the last time we, we missed a Sunday? And it, we remembered it was Luke's uh, wedding, Sabelle and Luke's wedding, uh, in November of last year. So, uh, we're hoping not to go that long again, but this time we really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I, I want to just thank everybody that, uh, Helped. Well, Dad, you need to let her speak more. Could you just get out of the way? So let's give a hand to Gwen as she comes and speaks on Alive at Last is the Word. Good morning to you. Well, this is our missions month, our emphasis month. What a great opportunity for us to be a part of what's happening in Cambodia. If you didn't get to watch Alex's presentation last week, go back, catch that, and catch up with us. This week, I'm going to just share with you at the beginning, just for a few minutes, about a home mission that this church has decided to be a part of. So I am, my day job during the week is I'm executive director of Alive at Last. So I've got a few slides for you today. And so what we do is we go into safe houses and shelters, and we provide small group Bible study. We don't come in saying Bible study, but it's just kind of what Alex mentioned last week, just getting in that door and just showing people you care. So we offer uh, faith-based small groups, and then we also offer one-to-one mentorship. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to just step right into the community with a, a message of hope. So you might have heard of some of the statistics and things that are going on right here in the DFW area. So about six years ago, I was at an event where I heard some of these same statistics about how dark our own DFW Metroplex is with the human trafficking problem. So I decided to volunteer. I was sitting here one Sunday. I don't remember if it was John or if we had a missionary. But someone was talking about getting outside the four walls of the church that sounds like him, doesn't it? But I just remember thinking, uh, well, you know, most of the people I know are Christians. So when I was uh, invited to an event where I heard about the human trafficking issue, you're smart. I've never met anybody quite as engaging as you. You've got people skills. There's lots of great things that we see in these women that have learned to survive, and our goal is taking them to a place of victory and thriving. Um, the, the gal that you see at the bottom, another one-to-one mentorship, the mentee is on your right and the mentor is on the left. Um, this young gal, she was mentored by, the la- by a lady that said, you know what, I've experienced exploitation in my past had early childhood sexual abuse, and I'm going to make the difference for someone else. I want to ask you something today. Are you using your story? Sometimes there are are seasons in our life that we're thinking, you know, what happened to me or things that happened in my life? I've been bankrupt two or three times. I've had this or that. We think, I, you know, how can I ever use my story? I'm embarrassed and ashamed. If you will allow God to redeem and heal, then you can use your story and what was once your pain can become your platform. So that's what we see in the life of Tammy and then also in our mentors oftentimes that step up and say, I want to make the difference and leverage what God has done in my life, the healing that's taken place. I want to leverage that for the sake of someone else. Well, um, thank you because you have decided the church has uh, our, our missions 
uh, board, our board members and missions group has gotten together and said, we want to support Alive at Last in 2021. And so uh, you've been a major, major blessing. Um, an offering was taken in the spring, and it was the largest offering of any church partner. Alive at Last has several um, churches that sponsor, AG churches that sponsor um, our ministry. But the chapel was the leading in their giving and in their offering to Alive at Last. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your blessing. Well, I want to just get right into the word now, and I want to, I want to use what I've talked about today, and I want to talk to you about rebound. Uh, John mentioned something a minute ago about, you know, the, the challenges and things that we face, and oftentimes he, he mentioned Elijah and how he, he was running and his problem had become bigger than his God. I want to talk to you today about rebounding. Maybe in 2021, you might have experienced um, a really, really tough year. Maybe you've experienced some things in your background, and you can point to things. You can think, you can say to me, maybe, Gwen, if you only knew how I was raised, or if you only knew what I just came out of, if you only realized the depths of despair that my marriage is in. You know, the enemy's number one, his plan for your life. Did you know, you know, because you said you come to church regularly and you hear God has a plan for your life. Well, the devil also has a plan for your life. Now, thankfully, you that are here today, you probably missed his number one plan, which that you would die and go to eternity and, and spend eternity with him in hell. You've missed that because you've made Jesus Lord of your life. That's his number one plan. So you've missed that. But did you know he doesn't stop? What he wants to do is to stop your story. He wants to stop your testimony. He wants you to get defeated and downhearted. He wants you to despair. Why? Because when we bring God glory in the earth, when we shine through, what does that phrase mean, bring God glory? If you've been in church, you may have heard that term. Jesus said for us to pray, his kingdom come, God's kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we as Christians show forth his kingdom work? It's when our lives display victory, when we overcome, when we have circumstances and situations. You know, I don't always like the things that I'm called to overcome. You know what I mean? But think about this. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. What if there was just a story in the Bible of the threat? of the lion's den. And he was delivered just from the threat, but he wasn't really in the lion's den. I mean, that'd be good, but you know, we might turn the page a little faster. What about the three Hebrew children who were in the, the, the fire? You know, what if we had a story about how they were going to have to go to the fiery furnace, but turns out they didn't have to. I really like it when my story just goes in a direction that I can I can avoid all difficult circumstances. But did you know that God's doing something whenever you are called into a situation to make changes? Listen, I'm talking to business owners. Did you know there are business owners in here? God wants to show forth His glory in your life. Let's pray and see what he'd have to say to us today. Do you believe that the word of God is for you today, that he wants to speak to you? Well, get ready because it's a story, it's a military story from the Old Testament. So before we pray, I want you to be ready and prepare your heart. God, what would you say about about me? I've never even been in the military. 
I've, I've never been a warrior. What would he say to you? First Corinthians, Paul tells us that the examples that are lined out in the Old Testament are for our warning and for our instruction. We're going to learn something today. God has a word for you. Let's open our hearts before him. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to teach and preach the word today. I'm just excited about it. It's one of the greatest loves of my life. I thank you for this congregation and the thrill and the blessing that it is to be called to minister. Don and I are grateful. and We thank you for this, our church family. Lord, we just open our hearts to you. Now, wherever you're sitting today, I want you to, you pray, you pray right now. Lord, I, I have questions about this. I, I need this in my life. I, I'd like you to show me this or that. Lord, I pray that you would answer questions, that you would bring revelation from your word, that you would show us things where we've, maybe areas where we've missed it. And Lord, I, I am convinced as you had me prepare this week, there are people in here that you're not going to correct them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to say, this is what I've seen you do. You're, you've been a blessing to others. You've walked through difficult things. So Lord, I pray we'd be able to hear, hear both that we'd be able to hear any correction that needs to come forth. We'd also just be um, enveloped in the love of God as you're taking us from glory to glory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to read to you today out of 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to go through several verses in here. And so go there with me. And if you can, put your phone on airplane mode. Can you still use your Bible app and, and do that? So try to do that so that you don't get distracted today and you can fast your digital devices for the next few minute and not, minutes and not get any pop-ups. So we want to really give our attention to the word of the Lord today. Um, we're going to talk about David today, and I want to look at a circumstance in his life, and I want us to look at ourselves, and you can do two things at once. You're an amazingly smart, good-looking, all of that. You, you've got all those things. You can, you can actually think on two things at once. You can think about David's story and realize how that applies to you. So think about your life. Ask the Lord to show you what he wants to say to you through this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 30. We want to look and we want to see how David responded in a very drastic, dire situation. And then we're going to see where he actually has something good turns out and then what he does. You and I both need to know what do we do when things are really, really bad. Uh, a, a phrase we might hear when all the chips are down. You know, what do we do in situations like that? With the women that we serve at Alive at Last, I often, you know, will they'll go through seasons where they've been through various small groups. They've had mentorship. They've had business mentorship, personal healing and mentorship. And then, um, you know, they're, I'm hearing great reports about how they're doing. And here's what I always want to know. Have they had a crisis yet? Have they had a crisis yet? Because that'll show if they're really ready for the next step. Oh, they're ready to transition out, Gwen. They say they really don't need any further connection. They're ready to go. They're moving. They're leaving the rehab facility. They're leaving the homeless shelter. They're in a great place. And so I ask, have they had any challenges yet? What about, how did it go when they didn't get, how did they react when their child didn't get out of foster care, when they thought the due date was there? What happened when they didn't get that job? So that's what we're going to look at. Let's see what David does when things don't go his way. And then things turn around and go his way. And I want to see what he did then too. Do you know what to do in both circumstances? Do you and I react the way that we should um, in, in both positive and negative situations? So let's look at 1 Samuel. Um, I thought I might pull it up on my phone. Just give you some background. 
David and his men, David's a warrior at this time. He's not a king. You know him as being the king of Israel, one of the most famous kings. But he's not a king yet. He's on the lamb. He's running. He's on the most wanted list as far as the king is concerned. That's more desperate than I've ever been in. Most wanted list. So he's running for his life on a regular basis. And after being David and his men were on a three-day campaign. And so they were fighting giants. You know, oftentimes we remember David as the giant killer. Did you know he was not the only giant killer? He killed a giant first and then his men followed. He raised up, he raised up a generation of giant killers. And on a military campaign, what happens after that? Exhausted. You just want to go home and have a good meal, see, see your family. Right? When you've had a situation in your life, you just want some time. You just need repeat, reprieve, right? Uh, about them. They experienced numerous bankruptcies, multiple. What do you do when someone comes to you and says, You're broke, you hear me? You're broke. If, if, what should a Christian do? A matter of time. That's a matter of circumstance. Subject to change. David looked at this situation where there was great loss and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Nobody encouraged him. I, I, I want to speak to you today. Maybe God would speak to you personally and say, I'm calling you to that. I know he is me. I'm calling you to that, Gwen Miller. You have lived a life in church. It's time for you to encourage others in the Lord. What you're going to see as we keep reading down through here is that David's reaction saved the day, but he didn't have to react that way. We could only think on the other side. What if David's reaction had been completely different? What if he had stayed depressed? What if nobody encouraged him and he was sitting there thinking, Lord, I know you're going to have someone call me. I'm just waiting, Lord. You're going to have someone call me and give me the word. I'm waiting, Lord, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do one thing till you tell me. What are you going to do when there's not anybody that calls you and encourages you? That's what happened with David. Nobody called him. His wife was not there. Talk about alone. He was alone. And he encouraged himself and the Lord. Listen, that's where we've got to start when trouble hits. Do you know how to pray? Sure you do. Everybody in here knows how to pray. You, and don't, don't hear that voice in your head. Yeah, but you don't do it often enough. Get started. It's a new day. Start today. You can pray extra 30 minutes before you go to bed tonight and break all your records. So do not listen to that voice of condemnation because it's not coming from up here. You have been called to be an encourager. So David, I want to move on in this passage here. Um, I don't know if that's Big enough for you to read up there, but you probably have it on your device. Let me open my back up here. Because of David's response, let's see what happens to everybody after you find strength in the Lord his God. The Bible tells us, I'm going to, for sake of time, I'm going to summarize some of this and then we're going to read again. Um, he calls the priest because he didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do, in the, right? After the day of Pentecost. Heavens, I want to i got to lay in this one. We've got the Holy Spirit living inside. The Holy Spirit's in your body. If, if you ask Jesus into your heart, the Bible says no one comes to Jesus 
without being drawn by the Spirit. If you have made Jesus your Lord, you are Spirit-filled. Well, I don't know. Y'all are Pentecost around here. I haven't, I haven't received the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, we'll talk about that at another point. You still have the Holy Spirit. You have God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all residing in you. Hallelujah. There are no excuses. There are no excuses for us. So here we find that David calls the priest because he didn't have the Spirit of God, right? But we know that David later, he becomes where he operates in the office even of priests later on when he's king. But then David calls Abathar, they bring the ephod, and it says in verse 8, then David asked the Lord. So first he inquired of the Lord. Did you know if you're depressed, can't you, we first, sometimes we've got to get that settled first. If you're depressed, you can't really hear. Not the adequate word, you'll hear all this molly grubbing. You'll hear stuff that you can't do, that you don't know, and that you're not. And that's not the Lord. If that's where you are, well, you're not, you haven't gotten to that next place yet. So he, he encouraged himself in the Lord, and then, then, once he got to a place of being encouraged, then he asked the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. Two different things. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's what church is about. So often, coming together, we get encouraged. And then the next thing we want to do when disaster hits is inquire of the Lord. You know, David did not assume, oh, well, I've known the Lord since I was a child. I've known the Lord. I was a shepherd. I was 12. God anointed me as king. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I know that he has anointed me as king. He didn't presume. He didn't assume that he knew the Lord's will. There will never come a time, no matter how long you've served him, that you you don't want to just barrel ahead. I know what God wants. That's presumption, isn't it? And so we want to be humble like David was and say, Lord, what do I do in this situation? When disaster strikes, encourage yourself in the Lord. Ask the Lord, what shall I do? Let's go. Um, I want want to hit a couple of other things here. I keep having to open my phone here. So the Lord said to him, whenever David asked, should I chase after the band of robbers? He asked specific questions. Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover. Well, good night. Let's build us back up. You'll surely recover. Does that say what I think it says? What do you see? You shall surely recover what? You shall surely recover everything. That was the word of the Lord to him. And so it says you will recover everything that was taken from you. Go after them. So David and his 600 men set out. They came to the brook Besor, and it says that 200 of the men were so exhausted they couldn't go. We're going to revisit that in a minute and see what happened there. But what David did was he stepped out on the word of the Lord, and then he went out. Remember, these guys were about to kill him a minute ago. Do you remember? We're tired of you. It's all your fault that our kids and babies and pets are gone. All our money's gone, and it's all your fault. So David goes out to that same group of men. I don't know what, what words he said. I wonder if it was out of 2 Samuel. We're reading out of 1 Samuel. Would 2 Samuel be later? Later in his life? Yeah. So later in his life, we see that he said this, In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for his help, and he heard me. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the heavens shook, and they quaked because of God's anger. David knew a God that would deliver him. And he went out to these men, and he said, they were crying just minutes before, and he began to say to them, 
we'll have to just assume what he said because it's not recorded. But it had to be encouraging. You know, people don't follow someone who's down and depressed. Doesn't know where they're going, don't know what to do. If you're a business owner, if you are called of God in your school district, wherever you are, with your family, some of you, did you know that you are the most spiritual authority in your home? You're the spiritual authority in your extended family. Now, now we don't get all prideful about that, but we take responsibility and say, somebody's got to be the encourager here. Somebody's got to hear from the Lord. Somebody's got to love and pastor these people and, and be that, that word that they need. Maybe that's you. The holidays are coming up. Is he speaking to you about things that you need to impart to those that you love the most? Take courage. David went out and he led these men in victory. You have men there going, okay, I'll go. David, will, will you dare to go with me? The Lord says we're going to recover everything. Got people saying, I'll go. I don't know if they grabbed a bit of beef jerky on the run, got a little, you know, a little nourishment, grabbed a, a glass of water, but they did what they needed to do, mounted up, and there they went. The Bible tells us that's exactly what happened. They really did recover everything. I want you to look with me. It says, I want to go down to verse 23. Are you there still with me? Thank you for still that, finding your way through the word. On verse 23, it says, um, I want to back up a bit. But some of the troublemakers among, among David's men said, talking about those that didn't go to battle, 200 that were, that stayed behind. David said, um, the, the men are saying, they didn't go with us into the battle. They can't have any of the plunder, the money that we recovered. He says, get, they said, give them their wives and children and tell them just to be on their way. They don't, they don't get any of the reward and the spoils. You know, they went and they got back their wives and their children, but the Bible says that they, they recovered everything, all their money, all their stuff. They defeated the enemy. It was a financial victory. I propose to you today that there are victories in your life that are directly related to money that God wants to do in your life, and that's okay. Ready? So some of these said, you know, these guys didn't go with us. Don't, let's don't give them any of the share of the money that we got back. Let's don't give them any of that. Don't, let's don't give them any of the extra. But David said, no, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe, helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. And then he says, who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike. Those that go into battle and those who guard the equipment. From this day on, David made this decree and regulation of Israel, and it is still followed today. So what did David do when he got increase? When they got everything back? When everything, their family, their children are safe, and everything is restored, and they got money and a bonus they got their stuff back, and then they were able to take from the plunder of the enemy that had wrecked havoc. What did David do? He shared. He shared. What do, what do the people of God do when they're blessed? They share. What if the, You might say, well, Gwen, I don't know anybody at the church that's needy right now. You probably have a neighbor. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. They need you. They shared. In verse 26, if we go on, it says, 
When David arrived, when he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder, part of the spoils, part of the money, part of the increase, part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Quote, here is a present for you, taken from the Lord's enemy, he said. What did David do? If you go and through, read through this, 12 cities he gave money to. Blessing everybody. Maybe you're in a financial crisis today. The Lord wants to bring you out. If you are one of those who seeks first his kingdom and his righteousness, and you will allow all those other things to be added to you, then when you get to the place where you are stable financially, go there in your mind right now and picture what that looks like. You've got all your needs met, all your bills paid. What are you going to do with the extra? If you've been through a difficult time like David, you might try to hoard it. I know what it's like to have hard times. I better not give this up. You know, they said that of people that were raised in the Depression. I had grandparents that came out of the Depression. My mom, tail end of that. And they say, you know, they just don't, they didn't bounce back. They didn't rebound. They still saved little twisty ties from the bread wrapper. They still were saving plastic bags by the thousands. Will you allow the Lord to heal your heart if you've had disappointment? That's what I'm asking you today. We're look, we looked at the life of David. If you had disappointment in 2020, if you have a disappointment in your life that you just cannot get over, I'm asking you today to bring that to the Lord. What we have today in Scripture is an example of a man that knew how to handle disappointment and difficulty. In fact, if we could have him stand before us today, David's alive and well and he's in heaven, right? If we could have audience with him today, we might say, David, what kind of God did you know? And he would say, I, I knew a God that could bring me out of any circumstance and redeem. Wherever you are today, whatever disappointment, I want to ask you to bring that to the Lord. I'm going to close in prayer today. I want to pray over you. You could be coming out of disappointment. You might be in the middle of the darkest season you've ever been in. Listen, when you're in a season of darkness and things are really hard, the main thing I would say to you is be careful what you listen to. Careful what you listen to. It's not the time to tank up on secular music. It's not the time to just, you know, log hours a day watching mindless television. You are in a coming out of a dark season, surround yourself with encouraging word. Hang on to friends, Christian friends, that when you when you leave their presence, you feel stronger, you feel better. Encur find what it is to encourage yourself in the Lord so that you can come through that season because you want to be like David. When he comes out, he's looking for people to bless. He needs, hey, let's send some money over to that city. Let's let's do this. Let's 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 help somebody else. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you so much for your word. It's amazing. I love your word, Lord, and I thank you that I'm among people that prize your word above anything else. There are people in this room today that just can't wait to hear the preaching and teaching of the word. They don't wait from Sunday to Sunday. They're diving in throughout the week. They're listening again 
um, and hearing the sermon again to get a few more things that they didn't get the first time. They're listening to other ministers and teachers that preach the word. I thank you, Father, for a group of people that love your word. Now, Lord, I just pray right now over those that might be in the room that have encountered disappointment. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand in faith before the Lord? Lord, I lift this to you. You've encountered great discouraging circumstances in your life as of late. If that's you, lift your hand and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. Discouraging circumstances, situations. Father, I pray right now over those that raise their hand that you would just do what you do, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would do an amazing work. I'm asking you, Lord, to do a miracle on their behalf. You are a God who delivers and sets free every time. So, Father, I pray that. I pray for those that are in the room and they've had financial difficulties and circumstances that they've never encountered before. I pray blessing. Lord, I release right now by faith a special blessing over every tithe payer in the room. Supernatural. Supernatural increase for them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word says you know those that are yours. You know those that are obeying you. I pray increase and blessing. Father, over those that are seeking to follow you in their lives, Lord, and they've maybe it's in business, it's in their career, and they seem to hit a stop point. Maybe it's in their family. There seems to be a stop point. I just pray for breakthrough right now. Speak breakthrough, 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 debt freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word tells us we know that you want us to be debt free because debt causes sorrow and pain and you want us to live a life that is is free and full. So I pray for debt freedom in the house in the name of Jesus. There's no condemnation. For those who are in debt, no condemnation for those who are in debt. If you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. The Lord has a way out for you. I pray for wisdom. We inquire of the Lord today. We ask you, Lord, to show, give ideas, God ideas, thoughts to bring release in that financial crisis. I pray over someone today, Lord, that's that needs healing in their body. If that's you, just raise your hand. need healing in my body. I need healing. I, I, I need the Lord to do a work in my body. Lord, I just ask that you release your healing power in the name of Jesus over every hand raised. Release healing in the body in Jesus' name. Thank you that Jesus bore every sickness, every disease on the cross, and by his stripes we are healed and made whole. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it. If that's you today, just under your breath say, I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Oftentimes we don't receive things from the Lord because there's guilt and shame or or all kinds of things that can the enemy says, this is why you're not getting healed or you don't deserve this. You don't deserve that breakthrough. That's not the voice of God. Let that go. He has he has healing for you. He has blessing for you. So receive that of him today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, I pray, Lord, over those that are in a good season. Well, we read we see what David did when things turned. When God turned things around for him and, and everything worked out and you redeemed that situation, he was a man that was blessing others. And I pray that over those in this house today, that you would give them God ideas about what to do with their increase. Lord, I thank you that you've shown John and I over the years. You've blessed us, Lord. You've shown us what to do when increase came. 
and how to use it in the kingdom and how to save for our own accounts and how to how to do all those things, how to be blessed in our personal finances and showed us ways and ideas to bless the kingdom. I pray that that would happen right now in the place that you give people pictures in their mind and they would see themselves blessed and what that looks like, what their response will be, who they're supposed to link up with, who they're supposed to give to, who they're supposed to bless. Lord, I praise you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Thank you that you teach us by your word, you encourage us by your word. We are so grateful for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gwen. She had to preach on David. She had to preach on David. You know, just let me say this, because I'm on sabbatical, and and I just got to get it a little bit in. Realize that when David... Uh, ask of the Lord, and he said, go, you'll you'll get everything back. He had 600 men. Now think about this, 600 men, when he gets to the place where they're too tired, uh, 200 of them have to stay here. So 400 pursue the enemy. Now what are they pursuing the enemy for? Because the enemy has not only been in their territory, but also in the Philistine territory, getting plunder, stealing everything they can. When they arrive to the enemy, there's only 400 men with David. Now think about that, 400. But the enemy is so great, they're they're drinking and they're laughing because they're celebrating over what they have stolen from God's people as well as the Philistines. When they get down there, get this. this This is just, every time I read this, and even when I was listening to Gwen again, 400 men come upon an enemy so great, it says they fight that enemy from that night, dusk, all the way until the next evening, 24 hours. And David, it says this, I love how the Bible does this, defeats them all, except there were some of them young that got away. How many got away the enemy? 400 young men. Everybody get this? It, it radiates in me. 600 men with David, 200 of them are left behind. He only has 400. He fights the enemy all day, 24 hours, and none of the enemy gets away except 400. There must have been thousands and thousands and thousands to fight them all day and all night the next day, and only 400 of them got away. And those 400 got away like scalded apes on camels. They were like, get out of here. Now, one other thing, the, the, the plunder that David has now is so great, and he has it out in front. Everybody can see, and he's saying, this is really, this is to the glory of God. This is the plunder. He sends it to those 12 cities that she mentioned. Watch this. His generosity comes back to give him a reward. Anybody know this part of history? Guess who? are the first cities to come and welcome David as the king. Cities. When all the country is deciding, should Saul's son take over the kingship of the country? Should this? Hebron is where he is invited to stay. That's one of the cities that he sends and he's generous to. But also those other cities come and say, we want you to be our king. In our generosity of receiving what God has done for us and redeeming us. If you're wondering if I think you're perfect, I'm already past that. 
But we're in a place where we have to understand that God wants to bring us back to better than better state that He created us. And that's a redemption. Better. Then for us to come to the point of realizing the reason that we're in order to be an encourager, a blessing to other people. Sometimes we get stuck in receiving the blessing, using the blessing, and even coming to wasting the blessing on us. I preach, but I'm not. I'm going to pray. Remember this morning, we're taking up offerings in the four weeks uh, for Cambodia, Alive at Last. Next week is World Gospel Outreach, which is from Honduras, in our, where we buy the coffee, a large portion of the coffee. And they're, they're a blessing where we went on our mission trip. We want to support them. And then the fourth one is on Thanksgiving Sunday. We are going to... Uh, we're going to walk down after I preach on can God do it? Did He do it? And He can do it again. So I want you to be here because what we're going to talk about on the fourth Sunday is Axiom Coffee and our missions to our community. And then we're going to go down there all that would like to and, and we're going to have lunch down there. We're going to kind of take a menu of what you would like before we go. They'll have majority of it ready, sandwiches and stuff. And then I'll let you buy it from them, which is really buying it from us. And then, then we're going to just celebrate down there our third year anniversary of Axiom. Praise God. What, why is three years so big? is because if you're in business, you know that most businesses don't make it to the third year. And they'll even say they, you're not going to be profitable for three years. We knew that. But at the blessing that God is bringing us to, we're, we're just God's good, isn't He? Amen. Bring those up here, right? Charge the mound. All right, come on up. Pastor? Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Bruno Valli. I'm one of the board members, and last month, as you probably know, uh, was Pastor Appreciation Month. Pastor Gwen, if you could also. Um, and we have awesome pastors. I, I don't think I need to tell anybody that. And the word that came was honor. And a while back, we did a little course with John Bevere, and he gave us an example of honor. And he went to the country of South Korea. That's South Korea, not North Korea. North Korea, North Korea is a good guy. In South Korea, they have huge churches over there. We're talking about a million people in one church. And he noticed one thing is they would go out with these really wealthy Christians and they would be walking in the mall. And John Bevere would see these nice, you know, Gucci golf shoes. And he's like, oh, those, those are nice shoes. And one of the guys would turn to him and like, do you want it? Do you want it? I'll buy it to you. I'll buy it. I'll buy it right now. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't. No, I'll buy it. It's yours. And he really noticed that they would honor the people of God, the pastors, the people that worked in the church. And another time he went to play golf, and one of the, the gentlemen, he brought his bag out, his you know golf bag, and it was a Gucci golf bag. That must be a really expensive bag. And the guy went, do you, you like it? You like this bag? It's like, yeah, really, oh, you have it, you have it. Took the golf cups and gave it to him. It's like, whoa. And you might think, well, but that's a thing from today, right? I mean, that never happened in the Bible. Well, if you look in the Bible, you see um, one of the prophets would visit the city constantly, and this wealthy woman said, you know, I 
maybe I will buy, I will build him a room so he can stay more comfortable here. So she built him a room, and he goes over there to visit, and he asks his assistant, is there anything that she wants? Well, she's really wealthy, but she doesn't have any sons. So he prayed to the Lord, and she conceives. So I went through all of this to tell you, if you have a problem in your life, be it financial or anything, honor your pastors. Be it financially, if you cannot help them financially, you have a skill. You can help in any way in the church. And you can tell the Lord, Lord, I'm honoring you through them. I'm honoring you through my work, through this financial help. And he will always reward you. So for this last month, thank you so much for all these years for guiding us towards the Lord. This is a small token of our appreciation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me, let me tell you, Gwen could preach on the Shumanite woman again right here. But we love you guys so much. And, and as we've already said, we were away for a couple of weeks and we just, we, we had to watch online and oh, we're so blessed at our church. Say something, Gwen. Thank you so much. We love you dearly. You're precious to our lives. You're not just our church, you're our family. So we're so blessed. Why don't you stand? We'll pray another time. Maybe not the last time, but another time. If I don't see you before next week, I hope you have a wonderful week. Be blessed. Father, as we leave now, help us take the message that we heard about David and apply it to our life. Now let us sit back, process it, put your word into our life, and Father, we know that we'll reap a harvest. God, God, can we ask a hundredfold return? In your name we pray that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.